Well, I tend to go a little longer, so I thought I would be sure and put a timer here. All right, so I'm going to do something a little bit different. Typically, I start out with reading the Word, but uh, I couldn't get through all of the Scripture, so it's a few chapters. <laughs> so let me start out. I'm going to try to summarize the background, and then we'll get into the Scripture in just a minute. So I wanted to start, uh, I know you guys are all familiar, or most of you are familiar with the, the healing at Bethesda. Whenever Jesus, uh, the, the man, would come down, you know, he, he tried to get into the pool, and people kept con- continually coming before him. So that's really where I want to pick up, and then we'll work our way forward. Uh, Jesus was in Jerusalem. He, he was there for uh, the, it was almost the feast of the Passover, and they were, um, they, he was in town, he was healing people, and he caused a ruckus or a turmoil there in town. He, he healed this man there at the pool of Bethesda, and uh, the, the Jews did not like that because they, uh, I don't know why they didn't like that, <laughs> but they were, uh, they were upset because he was, he, was, he was breaking some of the old Levitical law where they were not supposed to be uh, doing any work on the Sabbath day. But Jesus' and disciples were there, and he healed a man, and And uh, through scripture, it looks like, in uh, John chapter 5, it looks like he healed other people as well. And he had gained quite a following. So after this turmoil there in Jerusalem, they they left. And the Bible says that they they headed north. It didn't say that, but they went to the Sea of Galilee, and they traveled across Galilee. So if you know uh, geography there, Jerusalem is south. It's it's, uh, almost 100 miles south of Galilee. And the Bible talks about some people that began to follow after Jesus and, and after the disciples, and they, they headed north. These people, uh, he probably collected them along the way. They were, tra- they were traveling from Jerusalem up north, and he probably healed people as he was going. Uh, but he gathered quite a few people, and the Bible says that whenever they made it, uh, they went to the Sea of Galilee and actually traveled across the Sea of Galilee. And so I don't know if these people had to traverse around Galilee or if they, they followed across on ships or what, but the Bible talks about uh, at least 5,000 people, and it could have been more because it, it mentions men specifically, so it could be anywhere from 10 or 15,000 people were following after Jesus at this point in time. And uh, Jesus fed, you know, there was, a, there was an instance where they, he saw them coming, and he starts talking to his disciples and asking them to, to gather money in here, I've already forgot to turn it on. <laughs> Had them, he asked, you know, he was, he was testing them. He, he asked, you know, what do we do to feed these people? Of course, the Bible says he already knew that he was going to, to uh, feed these 5,000 or 10 or 15,000 people. And so he actually did that. He had them all sit down. He fed these people. And he did it with five loaves and two fishes. And, uh, so this, this I'm just going to give you a quick background here. Uh, Jesus perceived, after this, after this miracle, Jesus perceived that they were actually going to forcefully take him and set him up as king over Israel. And he, he did not want that to happen. Obviously, he knew the plan and the trajectory of his life, so he, he didn't want that to happen at that point of time. The Bible says that he went up into a mountain, and I believe that's probably on the east side of, of the Sea of Galilee because it's mountainous there. And then they had to leave there from that point and continue on to Capernaum. But he said, the Bible says that they, he went up into a mountain and the, the multitude didn't follow him. They were sort of waiting around to see what else was going to happen. They were, you know, they, they were seeing the miracles. And the Bible says that's why they were following him, was for the miracles. They, they enjoyed seeing the miracles and the benefits they were getting from, from being around Jesus, right? So, and we all experience that. We all, we all have that experience. We, 
we feel the, the presence of the Lord, and, and we, you know, that's why we seek after Jesus, because um, he, he changes our life, and, and we, we have these encounters with God. But anyway, these people were, were having that same, uh, that same experience. They had seen people healed. They had, some of them had probably been in Jerusalem whenever the, the man was, was healed there at, at Bethesda. The Bible says he went up into a mountain, the disciples at evening time, they, they got on a boat and they left for Capernaum. And so the people were kind of, they didn't know what to do. They were standing around waiting on what was going to happen, right? And they, they saw Jesus went up in a mountain, but all of his disciples left, so they stuck with Jesus. They stayed there waiting on Jesus. And they, it wasn't until the next day that they actually, they looked around and they couldn't find Jesus. They knew the disciples had left and they, they started searching for Jesus. They, they made their way, at, you know, it actually says that some of them were sh- went shipping. They went over to Capernaum. I'm sure that, I, I don't know that all 5,000 were able to pay the toll. So some of them probably walked around the Sea of Galilee to, to find him. But they found him in Capernaum. And, and this is really, really where I wanted to pick up here. So if you could bring up, uh, I don't know if you have it. I'm reading in, in the New King James Version. I, I find it easier to, to read and understand. So John chapter 6, verses 24, we're going to go through through 35 the Bible says when the people therefore saw that Jesus was not there nor his disciples they also got into boats and came to Capernaum seeking Jesus and when they found him on the other side of the sea they said they said to him rabbi when did you come here so they you know they there was another instance where whenever the disciples left on the boat he actually uh, you know met them out at sea so he 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 somehow went through or over the the people that were all waiting and watching for Jesus and he he made it to the other side so they found him and said um, he said rabbi when did you come here Jesus answered and said to them and said most assuredly I say to you you seek me not because you saw the signs but because you ate of the loaves and were filled do not labor for the food which perishes but for the food which endures to everlasting life which the son of man will give you because God the father has set him his seal on him. Then they said to him, What shall we do that we may work the works of God? Jesus answered and said unto them, This is the work of God, that you believe in him who he sent. Therefore they said to him, What sign will you perform then, that we may see it and believe you? What work will you do? Our fathers, and they, they sort of put Jesus on a guilt trip here, they said, Our fathers ate manna in the desert. And as it is written, he gave them bread from heaven to eat. Uh, then Jesus, he knew the trick, the, the trap that they were trying to lead him into. Jesus said unto them, Most assuredly I say to you, Moses did not give you the bread from heaven, but my Father gives you the true bread from heaven. For the bread of God is he who comes down from heaven and gives life to the world. Then they said to him, Lord, give us this bread always. And this is where I really want to focus here tonight. And Jesus said to them, I am the bread of life. He who comes to me shall never hunger, and he who believes in me shall never thirst. The first point, and 15 minutes is not a long time, so I only have two points. But the first point here is these people were following Jesus. You know, you you read the scripture and you don't really get the full effect. When you, You see the city of Jerusalem and then you see that they went to the Sea of Galilee and that they then, you know, traveled on to Capernaum, but you don't really understand how far this is. You know, I mentioned earlier, it's probably about 100 miles that they traveled, just following Jesus, because they, they left their jobs, and they left everything that they had, 
and they followed after Jesus. But here we see Jesus is telling them, you're not following me for the right reasons. You're following after me, but there's still, a, uh, there's another level. There's another, there's a deeper level that you need to go. It's, it's, it's not just following. Jesus said in, in verse 35, he who comes to me shall never hunger. He who believes in me shall never thirst. So it's not, it's not enough. It's not enough just to come to Jesus. You can come to church. You know, you can, you can experience God, but it's not just enough to meet him there. You have to continue forward. You have to follow through with that. And I want to be a little bit transparent with you here today. Uh, that's, that's something that's hard for me to do. But I have not always hungered for God. I have spent a majority of my life, you know, I uh, hate to mention my age here, 36 years old. <laughs> But I've spent a majority of my life not hungering after God. I've spent a majority of my life doing just what these people were doing. I was coming to God. I was coming to God, and I was experiencing Him. I was taking a bite of, of, of the Word of God, and I was taking a sip of the Spirit of God. But, <clears throat> excuse me. But I was never truly hunger, hungering for God. And I can remember back in 2014, and it's been a long, a long process, but, but the Lord has been changing me over time. And, and I remember one instance back in 2014, and I, I don't want to stand up here and tell you things that are, that are uh, you know, maybe you shouldn't be doing or should be doing. I'm just talking about myself. You know, I, I listen to secular music. I never really thought anything about it. I would listen to secular music. And, and the Lord started talking to me back in 2014. I remember, and uh, I hope... Uh, Brother Rick and Sister Dawn Spann are watching this. I don't know if they are, but I hope they are because I was renting a house from them. I was renting a room from their house, and they were really helping me out through school. And I was standing in their house. Obviously, everyone had gone to work, and I, I was standing in their house, and I would just walk through the house and just sing to God. And I would just sing songs of praise and, and worship, and the Lord started talking to me. And, and I remember that instance because there was a there was a change in my life and there was the Lord began to show me that the words that that I was singing was magnifying him and the words that I was listening to was not and there was a huge gap there right so what I was pouring into my life was not the words that I was singing to him in that moment and at that moment I had met him I had, I had taken a sip of his spirit you know and I was I was there worshiping him but what I was pouring into my life day in and day out was not the same thing and so that from that point forward and I, I would like to say that I you know I just uh, I, I said I'm never going to listen to secular music again that's not the way it happened I just I just turned it off and I, I I've never found a reason to turn it back on and, and it's not I'm not downing anyone else if you listen to secular music you know take that up with pastor obviously <laughs> and God but for me that was something that I was pouring into my life and and it was causing me not to be hungry. When you go back to what Jesus said, he said, I'm the bread of life. He who comes to me shall never hunger. That means that there was a hunger before you came to God, right? And there was a thirst that was there before you came to God. It's not, it's not getting back to the first point, it's not enough just to come to him. You have to be hungry. <clears throat> So the second point I want to make here is uh, we cannot just come to Jesus. We must be hungry for his word and for his spirit. And we have to, you know, I know that everyone here has probably heard 
a parent say to a child, you know, don't eat that, you're going you're gonna to ruin your dinner, right? I know that everyone has heard that. I heard that many times. I was pretty guilty of that. But also here, I was guilty of that in this instance too. I was guilty of, of day after day ruining my spiritual dinner with God. I was pouring into myself things that really wasn't, they weren't, they weren't beneficial to my, my spiritual health. I was, I was eating a diet of, of spiritual junk food, and, and it was leading me down a path that, you know, I was, I, at that point in my time, I was very dry, and I, I you know, I, I thought I was living life. I thought I was experiencing life. I was meeting my own expectations. I was in school. I was, I was doing everything I needed to do, or I felt I needed to do. I was singing on stage. You know, I was involved in, in some ministries, but I was dry. I was, my soul was thirsty, and I was, I was hungry. But I wasn't me- what I was doing was not working. You know, what I was doing was not filling that void in my life. And it wasn't until I started trying, and I'm, I'm obviously not a poster child for any one of you here, but it wasn't, an, I'm just talking about the change and the, the example, uh, the testimony that the Lord has given me. It, I didn't see a change in my life until I started pushing those things out of my life that was causing me to be the way I was at that point in time. You know, you've heard you are what you eat, and the same is true spiritually, and that's true physically as well. But it's true spiritually. You are what you eat. Whatever you, this is way low. Whatever you eat each and every day, spiritually, whatever you, whether, you know, I, I said I wasn't going to start naming things, but if you're into gossip or negativity or uh, one of the examples that I thought of when I was going, going through this lesson here was Pastor talks about he doesn't watch the news. He, he tries to stay away from the news. And that negativity, if you allow that to feed your life, that, that just that continual negativity, you will end up being a result of the diet that you consume. And so th- the fact that Pastor was refusing to watch the news shows me that we have an awesome man in leadership here that is what he is eating. And what he brings to us each you know, week in and week out is what he feeds himself through the week as well. So I want to take a moment here. I'm, I'm, I'm done here, and I'm out of time as well. So I want to take a moment here, and if anyone has anything that's, that's separating you, it doesn't matter what it is. It's, you know, it took me years and years to figure out what it was that was separating me from God, and, and that's not the only thing. There are many other things, and I've continually tried to, to allow the Lord to change me from within. But if there's anything that's separating you, I, I urge you this, this evening, take a hard look at the diet that you're consuming and, and try to change incrementally. It doesn't have to be everything all at once. You know, that's not what the Lord asks us to do. But incrementally try to infuse in your day a more healthy and a more, a more spiritually healthy diet because you will see exponential changes in your life. I have. I, it, it's been. It's like daylight and dark. If I go back and look at the man I was back then, I'm not at all that man anymore. And I'm. I'm so thankful for what the Lord's doing in my life, and I know that He's. You know, I have awesome examples here. I feel like I'm preaching to the choir. I much prefer to preach at jail, but, <laughs> but, uh, you know, I know that everyone has has their hurts and hangups, and the Lord. The Lord can make a change, and I'm a living example of that.